Welcome again to Mince Levin's podcast, From the Edge. This is Jeremy Glazer, the co-chair of the Mince Levin Venture Capital and Emerging Company Practice. From the Edge is a podcast geared toward helping entrepreneurs thrive by learning from the experiences of executives in the technology, biotech, and finance fields. On this podcast, Mince Levin partners who work with growing companies, raising capital, building great management teams, and achieving successful liquidity events, will discuss with investors and entrepreneurs the key reasons that they were able to build successful companies and the important lessons learned along the way. Mince Levin is a nationally leading law firm focused on helping emerging growth companies achieve success. Check us out at mincedge.com. So welcome everybody, and today we're really fortunate to have George Kenny with us. George Kenny is the founder and a managing director of Shepherd Ventures, a successful tech, software, and life sciences fund located here in San Diego. George founded five companies, four of which were successful. I love that. We'll talk about the one that wasn't. He has raised over 50 fundings for a broad range of technology and financial companies. George runs an entrepreneur's boot camp, which fully equips CEOs to raise money. So based on George's background, you can see that he's the perfect person to be talking about the process of raising capital from venture capitalists and the challenges that entrepreneurs face in financing and growing their companies. So I'd like to start off, George, by kind of, we always talk about how it's so important to raise money, and, it, and it's so hard to raise money for entrepreneurs. It's the one issue that seems to come up over and over again. Talk, to, talk a little bit about, you know, what, what are the barriers <coughs> to obtaining venture capital? Not, not angel financing, but really going to venture capital. What are those barriers? Yeah, hi. Good morning. Thank you, uh, Jeremy, for having me on. And it's an honor to be addressing uh, you, the entrepreneurs out there that are listening. I hope that what I can tell you is uh, helpful to you. Most of you uh, know that it is extremely difficult to raise uh, venture money. In fact, only about 1% of entrepreneurs are able to raise money. And you have to ask yourself, what's wrong with the other 99 out of 100 that can't? And we'll be talking about that. It turns out there's not a lot wrong with the companies, but there, there is a simple answer to the question, which has taken me a long time. I've been a venture capitalist for about 15 years. It's taken me a long time to decode this. And the simple answer is messaging. Now, let me tell you a story. Um, so Shepherd Ventures invested in 18 companies. Um, and in order to do so, we saw, uh, we looked at uh, 2,000 presentations. Turns out that's about 1%. Uh, we didn't plan it that way, but it just happened that way. And uh, what I saw in these presentations is that they ranged from fair to terrible. The average <laughs> was poor. And so back to what's wrong with the other 99 out of 100 is they've got poor messaging. And as a venture capitalist, I just have such a short attention span. I'm very busy, and I don't have time to sort separate the incompetent from the unfortunate. And it's a messaging issue, and there are two message issues that I want to uh, drive home. First of all, you have 30 seconds to excite me. I talked to Gene Kleiner one time, and I said, how do you make decisions? He said, it's simple, George, uh, in terms of making investment decisions. They have to excite me in 30 seconds. If they bore or confuse me, they don't get any money. And I said, Gene, that's interesting, but you'll miss a lot of good deals that way. He says, I don't care because deals are like buses. If I miss this one, there's another one on the corner in 10 minutes. So the first part of poor messaging is that 
um, most of those presentations and most of the entrepreneurs that come into our boot camp, they bore and confuse me. The second part of the messaging problem is far more subtle, Jeremy. It's incorrect messaging. CEOs logically think that they should be selling their products to or their services to uh, the venture capitalists. Why is that? Because they're good at selling them to the customers. They built the product. They, they may have been the uh, originator of the idea. They may have some patents. They're in love with their product and they know how to sell it. And so they think, hey, I'll just sell it to the money guys. Well, that's a mistake. You should, uh, what I tell CEOs is the more you sell, the worse it is. And of course, they're all kind of puzzled by that. You need to be selling trust, not the product. Why is this? Well, Wall Street, I grew up on Wall Street, and uh, venture capitalists are very afraid of losing money. Venture capitalists are particularly afraid of losing money because after careful selection of only one out of 100, they lose money on 80%. So logically, they are fearful. The only way you're going to overcome this fear is by selling me trust. I want to invest in people that I like and trust. Mm. So, George, this this is great. You, you've just raised some such important points for entrepreneurs. I want to make sure that they're that they're really hearing this. You, you talk about that you've got to get you excited in 30 seconds. And very often we see executive summaries, and that's really the first thing that you're reading. That's the opportunity to get the, the venture capitalist excited. Talk about the executive summary, because I've been coaching companies for a long time on writing exec summaries, and I've heard this over and over again from VCs, that you've got to get my attention immediately, and that's that's the opening of the executive summary, right? So let's talk about writing the executive summary. How do, how do I get you, George Kenny, excited so you're going to respond and say, I want to learn more? Well, I think Kleiner's rule is, what I call Kleiner's rule, is in that 30 seconds you have to excite me. And if you bore or confuse me, you're in trouble. And at boot camp, we rehearse, it's six weeks long, and I rehearse the CEOs for the full six weeks on their 30-second delivery, exactly what you're talking about. And I make them go and test it out on at least 50 other people mm. and ask them, to repeat it back because if they're bored or confused, mainly confused, they're not able to repeat it back. And so practicing an exciting uh, message is important. Now, how about the content of that 30 seconds? And I would say that you have to know your why. Why are you in business? Not to make money. Of course, you everybody wants to make money. But what is it that inspires you? What is driving you you know, Steve Jobs uh, versus Bill Gates. I mean, Bill Gates would get up there and give a word power, you know, a PowerPoint, and there'd be six bullets, etc. Jobs is up on stage introducing his iPod, and uh, he's in black. There's no screen. It's all black. And he, he's, he reaches into his pocket, and he pulls out this little device, and he says, I've got a 1,000 songs in my pocket. The place went crazy. And so you ha it, it really requires charisma and inspiration. You have to know your why. Why did 250,000 people show up to hear Martin Luther King speak in Washington, D.C. years ago? It's because he had a dream, and that inspired people. I don't want to know uh, what your product does. 
I don't want to know what your product is. I want to know your why. I want to be inspired by you. So let's take an example of Apple. Apple, like any other computer company, could say, we make great computers and uh, they're really beautiful and easy to use. Want to buy one? Or, and, and the answer is no, because there's a whole bunch of other people around selling computers. Instead, what, what um, Jobs says is, or what he, he inspired his company, is we're here to challenge the status quo. We want to do things different. We happen to make computers or we happen to make iPhones, want to buy one and be part of challenging the status quo. That's why people stand in line to get these ridiculously overpriced phones. Uh, they stand in line to be first because they want to be part of that generation that challenges the status quo. So again, really wonderful and very useful advice for entrepreneurs. So if I, if I can get the meeting with you, George, right, I'm, I'm sure I can inspire you and I can give you all of my excitement. But the reality is for me to even get that meeting, I have to send you an email yes. with a, a document, an executive summary, maybe a PowerPoint. And how do I convey that? Because, again, what I, like you, I see so many of these executive summaries and PowerPoints, and they don't, they don't excite. They don't capture me in the first 30 seconds. So what's your advice to entrepreneurs about how, how to capture that in that initial paragraph so that you're, you, you're going to pick up the phone and go, okay, I want to talk to you. And then they have that chance, right, to be in the room with you and really share their vision. Right. Well, I'll make two points for you. First of all, it's a simple one. Um, remember, I told you we, we saw uh, or we looked at 2,000 uh, solicitations, 2,000 uh, presentations. And um, we did not really pay much attention unless they were introduced to us by people we trusted. So somebody like you, Jeremy, or a lawyer, or an accountant, or a banker, or another VC. I'm looking for an introduction from someone that I trust. And so if you're sending your PowerPoint over the transom to Shepherd Ventures, we generally ignore it. And I get, you know, at least five or six a week. Uh, and so that's the first point is find someone that um, is trusted and have them introduce you. The second point I would make is that in terms of the content of what you're sending, less is more. Uh, at boot camp, we work on a 15-page presentation, maximum 15 pages. Most PowerPoints that I see are 30 pages, and uh, I just am not willing to wade through it because I don't have enough time. We send out a, if, if we're helping, you know, to try to raise money for a company, we send out a teaser deck, which might be six or seven of those slides, the ones with the most impact, but the letter is maximum a half a page. The, e the cover email, the purpose of the cover email is to convince you that it's exciting enough to open the PowerPoint, because most time you won't. You won't open the PowerPoint. And so crafting that one paragraph as to why I should open the PowerPoint is, is extremely important. And in that letter, you've got to have the why in there, you know, uh, that this company is challenging uh, the environment. Or I'm, I'm trying to raise money for the Wright brothers who think that flying is important because 
man, if he can escape the bonds of earth, it will change society. So again, George, a really important point for entrepreneurs that the purpose of that initial email, the purpose of that PowerPoint, that paragraph, isn't to convince you to make the investment because there's going to be a lot more steps along the way and they're not going to be able to communicate everything that they need to get you to make the investment. The purpose of that is simply to, like you said, make me double click on the PowerPoint, read that, and then once I've done that, the purpose of that is to get me to send an email back to you and say, I want to learn more. That's right. That's right. Now, if when you get in front of the venture capitalists, you have your 30 seconds and we break it down into mission strategy and tactic to make it easier for people to understand how to construct it. But literally you have this 30 seconds and what I and you have to create the excitement in that 30 seconds. And what I tell entrepreneurs is that there are only two purposes in this elevator pitch. Two purposes only. You're not going to raise money with the elevator pitch. The two purposes are first to excite and secondly to get permission to tell your story. Because if you if you launch into your PowerPoint without permission, they may be polite to you, but they're not going to pay attention. You have to grab their attention. And frankly, somewhere after the first or second slide, it has to be so exciting that I'm wetting my pants. <laughs> I'm peeing in my pants. I can't wait to get out of the room to tell my friends and my, uh, my other venture capital uh, partners that this is something we should pay attention to. If I'm not wetting my pants, you're wasting your time. I love it. I love it. The level of excitement. Let's, let's uh, shift gears for a second and talk a little bit of, about why do most startups fail? Uh, That's a real challenge. And, we, and you, you, you've talked about some of these numbers. I think you mentioned 80% of the investments that even a venture capital fund uh, makes are going to fail. Why is that? Yeah, I often, I often wonder, uh, you know, venture capitalists with such a, a great selection uh, process where they only invest in 1% of companies and then they lose 80% of them, would they be better off going to Vegas and putting all the money on red? <laughs> I mean, maybe, you know? Why they fail, uh, there, you know, there are many reasons, but the primary reason why they fail is because they run out of money before they become profitable and they have to close the doors. Why do they run out of, you know, why do they run out of money? It's because the CEO failed to wow investors um, and and why does that happen? Well, it's often the case because the investors don't trust the CEO. They, the CEO has to give a reason that he is trustworthy. And there are all kinds of stories about that we work on that a CEO can sell trust rather than the product. Another is the CEO is not coachable. I had somebody, uh, uh, you know, a, C, uh, a CEO coming in trying to see if boot camp was going to work for him and uh and it's expensive and it's six weeks and he said well you know i got to think about it and i said hey time out here his name was jeff i said time out jeff we're evaluating you because we don't want to take people in that we don't think can raise money because our batting average you know half of our graduates raise money and i don't want to take someone in to boot camp who isn't going to be able to raise money because I'm jealous of my my bat. I'm batting 500, and I don't I don't want to have somebody come in who who can't raise money. And part of that is coachability. Another indicator is do they have a do they have a mentor? Yes. Um, having a successful mentor is extremely important. A surprise indicator is if they're married or have a partner, 
does the spouse or the partner support them? Yes. There's a lot of data which says that if you have a, a spouse or a partner that is antagonistic and not supportive, that your chances of success are diminished. So you raise, you raise this issue about running out of money. And, and again, you know, we sort of laugh, right? That's like the obvious thing. Like, why did the startup fail? Well, we ran out of money, right? Very often, entrepreneurs are so hesitant to raise a lot of money because they're worried about dilution, right? They're worried about maintaining their ownership right. position. What's your perspective on that? Well, I mean, I'm sure you've given the same lecture on it's better to have a smaller piece of a bigger pie than to hog the pie that you have, which is a small pie. This is a... Um, a real problem with entrepreneurs because they've sweated in their basement for two years and it's their baby and they don't want to be diluted and why should they give up a large percentage of the company that somebody that just happens to have money that really doesn't understand what they're doing etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's a conundrum and it's part of the coachability issue yes. if they if they just don't get it what else are they not going to get and I you know, we invested in 18 companies, and we had six of them that failed, and none of them failed because of the product or the technology or the customer or the market sector. They all failed due to the CEO. And in some cases, in many cases, they were not coachable. That was a hard-learned lesson. This is really interesting. Us. So, you know, this coachability issue, I think, is really important. And what, I, what I've seen is this over-focus on maintaining control. And I'll never forget, I heard a very successful entrepreneur who made a lot of money and became a successful angel investor here in San Diego. This might be 20 years ago now, George. And he spoke with a group and he said, before I make an investment in a business, I have to get the answer to one question. I want to ask the CEO, is it more important to you to be the CEO of this company or is it more important for you to get rich? And if I don't get the right answer, which is it better be that you, your real only number one goal is to get rich, even if you're not CEO, I'm not investing. And that's always stuck with me. And it's kind of consistent with what you're saying. Yes. We have something called Deal Scrubber, which is 92 best practice questions that I extracted from other successful VCs. And uh, it's kind of their rules of thumb. And uh, we use that at Shepard, kind of standing on the shoulders of successful venture capitalists. And you're, you're right, Jeremy. One of the questions is... Would the CEO rather be rich or famous? And the answer is rich. And the other question is, if at some point the CEO needs to step aside, you know, is this going to be an issue? And the only correct answer uh, that the CEO should give is, I want what's best for the company. And uh, can they put their ego aside? So I always have that discussion with the CEO before we invest. So, you know, George, amazingly, you know, it's amazing how fast, uh, you know, 20 minutes goes in these conversations. So I want to wrap up. But before we do, I want you to just talk a little bit more about Entrepreneur Bootcamp. You've mentioned it a couple of times about the things you're, you're teaching entrepreneurs there. Tell us a little bit more about what you're doing and why you chose to do this with, with the remaining time of your career. Okay. So Bootcamp is six weeks long. It's very intense. It's not a class. It's one-on-one -on -one mentoring. And I can say that it is successful, about 80% graduate, and of those that do graduate, half of them go on to raise money. So we're able to identify the, you know, the, the large group of uh, companies that couldn't 
get the attention of venture capitalists and, and if they get their messaging right, then they can go on to raise money. I can tell you there are a lot of advisors out there uh, in, in San Diego and in other places around the country. They're well-meaning, they're smart. In many cases, they volunteer uh, their time and they sincerely want to help, but they don't know what a VC wants because they haven't been a VC. And I have been a successful VC, and so I'm, I'm really excited about giving back in this stage of my career. And I spend a lot of time with them, teaching them how to sell excitement and how to sell trust. Of course, they want to sell their product, but I have to calm them down. There will come a time when eventually the, the uh, venture capitalist is interested to know a lot of details about the product. But first, he has to decide whether or not he can trust the CEO. If he isn't going to trust the CEO, the rest is useless. Well, George, just so many great, valuable tips here for entrepreneurs. Really appreciate you coming and spending some time with us. Thank you, George. George, again, is the founder and managing director of Shepherd Ventures, the founder of Entrepreneurs Bootcamp. I'd like to thank all of our listeners again for tuning in to From the Edge from Mince Levin, and we look forward to having you all listening to our future podcasts. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, George. Thank you.